So I'm super thrilled now to have a gym man here with me. He's a, he's a badass when it comes to, to what we can do for, uh, for, um, for the preservation of uh, the landscapes and also for uh, climate. I think he finds a very good way, very easy way for all of us to understand that some simple actions can, be, can make bigger changes. And uh, first of all, like uh, let me introduce the, the man that is behind the trees notice that uh, you probably has been seeing in some of the races when you are signing up. So, hi Jim, how are you doing? Hi Killian, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for the, the very kind introduction. No, it's, it's a pleasure and actually I, I want to go a bit uh, uh, back to your background. Like uh, I know that you studied uh, uh, ecology in the university and then uh, you are also an athlete, like you have been... Uh, doing some uh, big uh, like races and like uh, big uh, roads. So uh, what do you think is the connection between there, between being an athlete and, and also like the, the passion for uh, ecology? So, well, I guess the, the ecology was always something that interested me. So, so studying ecology made sense. Um, but I also from quite a young age was, was fell racing in, in the UK. So from a teenager and um, when you're you're out in nature like that, I think you you learn, and, and I'm sure you've got similar experiences. You learn to respect nature, because things can change quickly in, in that environment. But you also um, learn to appreciate it and, and really like the environment that you spend time in. So little things really wind me up. Litter on the trails, for example. I'm one of these people who who comes out with more than he than he than he brings home more than he sort of takes out on the trail. I'll pick up litter as I'm going and things like that. But um, yeah, just that time in nature really makes you appreciate it, I think, as much as anything. Yeah, and uh, I believe that probably this connection uh, between nature and, and, and fair running and the, the love of sport, it's uh, what came like uh, on the building the trees notice. I don't know if uh, all the folks here, the, you know what it is. It's actually it's an easy way, like saying, okay, instead of like having uh, t-shirts given when you are entering a race or when you are finishing a race to to use uh, that money to plant a tree so instead of like having a t-shirt you are planting a tree and I believe that that's that's a very cool um, thing because it it not only takes away like the production of one t-shirt that we all know that uh, uh, will probably not be used uh, uh, for like uh, practicing but it will be lost in in some um, some place in the house uh, or in the car and instead of like you are planting a tree that will um, help like uh, to, to produce uh, oxygen and to to build uh, an ecosystem so how did it came the idea of that yeah so um, I'd, I I transitioned into um, trying to, to reforest the landscape so looking at at parts of the UK, we've got quite degraded landscapes, and I was trying to get trees planted. So um, I was already on that path, and at the same time, running trail, running mountains, getting all these T-shirts. I've got a drawer full of T-shirts. I still have a drawer full of T-shirts, and I've sent boxes of them to rerun because every race I was going to, I was getting given a T-shirt. Now I, I'd actually stopped collecting those, so I was saying to race organisers, "I don't want it anymore." But they still, they're like, "Oh, we've already produced it for you." It's like. Well, I'm still going to refuse it just to make the point that, that you should be giving us an option. 
but it took me a while to connect the two and I think it was Dan Lawson at Rerun, Rerun Clothing that I'm a huge fan of um, who are trying to sort of extend the life of running kit um, who was always on about race t-shirts and it just made me, me think if there was a way we could stop the race t-shirts before they're produced and to use that to plant a tree to make people feel good then um, and, and do something actually good as well then that was a much better use of of, of your whatever it is to two pound fifty three pound that that a race organizer is already committed your entry fee towards you know it's already in your entry fee they're already spending that for you so if we could divert that to something good and stop stop all these t-shirts which are heavily polluting and and we only see part of the pollution part of that waste as it goes into landfill at source the the rivers that are polluted through the dyeing process the water that's consumed in making these t-shirts that we never wear it is absolutely shocking and it's all exported beyond our beyond what we can see in most cases yeah that's a good that's a good point like to to do like a, in a very simple action for the runner that is just to click a button instead of uh, in the in the registering process to to have two good actions like uh, removing like a uh, pollution and at the same time like a uh, uh, planting a tree and um, I know that uh, you have been, um, we have been talking some other times about why it's important to the reforestation and it has to be done on a certain way. It's not like just to plant trees to plant trees, but it needs to be done uh, on, uh, yeah, with, uh, with a sense. So it makes a, a bigger impact for the, not only for the uh, capture of CO2 and the, the oxygen, but also for for the, the ecosystems. Yeah, and, and, and this is something that, that, that I think is all too often overlooked. Um, we, we focus a lot on CO2 and not enough on biodiversity. And in actual fact, trees are one of the, the rare things that can actually tackle both. So we can, we can put trees in the ground and if we do it in the right way, we create habitat for, for wildlife. And, and, and you, when we think of wildlife, often we look at the the, the large fluffy furry things that are cute to watch but in actual fact we need to come down that that ecosystem and, and look at it from the ground up so so looking at the fungi the bacteria the insects and creating habitat for those so when we're planting trees we, we we've got foresters in the team who are, are experts on this um i i've got an ecology background but i'm not I, i'm not um up to fully up to speed um i i read lots of things but i, I wouldn't claim to be a a practicing ecologist by any stretch but we take that advice on board and we um we, we plant a mixed species and a diverse species and we also plant to resist um or to be resilient against climate change because we're already looking at what 1.25 degrees locked in so that's where we where we currently sit today and we need to plant trees that can survive at two degrees of change and we're also planting in places where where the trees will remain, where we've got very, very low risk of forest fire. Um, you've been to Scotland and, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with um, the amount of rain we get up on the west coast of Scotland. It, it's really not sort of um, tinder dry forest conditions, even in the middle of summer. A drought is sort of a couple of days without rain up here. So um, we're pretty resi resistant to, to fire, but also the heat stress that trees can suffer means we're planting some species that would be north of their natural range so that we know that that forest is resilient in, into the long long term yeah that's something 
uh, it, it made me think like it's many times when you want to do like a, a carbon compensation like you look online and it's like a hundreds of places where you can do compensations and uh, they are some that they are cheaper some that they are more expensive and uh, probably the reasons are a bit uh, there like uh, when it comes to reforestation probably it's not the same like to to plant a mixed uh, forest uh, in uh, in a place where these trees will be treated and they will survive than to make a plantation in some place that it will be desertic and a monocultivation where they will probably disappear so the the effect can be strong at short term but not at, at long term so should that be something that we look when we are looking for um, compensations like carbon compensations uh, what's the source of this uh, this uh, capture of CO2 definitely and, and particularly with um, the two that, that, that concern me um, particularly are soil carbon and um, tree carbon because both of those are easy to reverse with management changes so a, a chainsaw could reverse all of our carbon very very quickly in our, in our forests but so could a, a natural disaster like a forest fire there's um, one of the forest fires running through the, the Pacific Northwest at the moment is destroying a, um, a, a actually as we speak it's burning a, a, a carbon sink and there are 20% of a big carbon project is on fire currently all that carbon will have been re released and, and and that's not been planted in the wrong place you know that's a pretty safe would generally be viewed as a pretty safe place to plant there are schemes that are in sub-saharan africa and they're planting non-native trees like eucalyptus and and there's a one in 30 year chance of that that forest burning and yet they're selling 100 years of carbon i mean that sort of makes me really really cross because it it's not it's not a real offset it's 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 a scam basically and the problem with that is it discredits everything that that the genuine companies or people or individuals or charities are trying to do to tackle this problem and and it's going to keep happening and so so really that moves the onus on to us as as individuals when we're choosing our offsets to make sure we know where where we're putting that offset when we're trying to do something good is it is it actually going to have a positive impact long term yes you mentioned like probably it's it's, it's a market that is growing a lot um, climate I would say it's uh, it's uh, more people that it's aware that's I think it's it's important it's very cool that people is aware about what uh, what's the science behind climate sci uh, climate um, change and and biodiversity loss and all that but uh, we need to to understand that with that it's also um, a market that is growing and and like every market it's uh, things that they are done better and things that they are done worse so we need to do our research before um, uh, yeah when we try to do compensations or when we try to invest on on um, on solutions that they are yeah fighting on on climate change and uh, I I know that you are not only planting trees. Uh, you are not only planting trees. You 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 try to go the full length on that. Uh, so ca can you tell us what what are the other solutions that you are implementing in in these uh, in these landscapes that uh, that you are using? Yeah, there's there's two other things that that, that we're doing. So so one is um, a product called biochar. And, and this is taking forest waste. So when somebody clears, clear fells an area of forest and, 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 and clear felling 
of, of isn't necessarily the best practice, but timber is really important to us if we're going to decarbonize because using timber in building materials displaces concrete and concrete or can displace concrete and concrete is far more carbon intensive than, than, than timber. So I'm not against timber harvesting and using timber for um, uh, for, for, for replacing other things. No, but none of our forests are cut. But what we do do is go to forests that have been cut and we take away what's left over. So the brash, the side branches that are left and the tops of the trees. And we process that into a charcoal type material. And the reason we do that is um, the, the woodlets left on the forest floor would rot down over the next 15, 10, 15 years, releasing all the carbon dioxide and, and methane back into the atmosphere and creating um, uh, more more heat and more intense, more energy in our system, which is which is ultimately what climate change is doing. And so we process that into biochar, which is a product that will can then be spread on the ground and stores that carbon for a thousand years. Basically, it's buying us it's buying us time um, for decarbonizing the rest of our activities. The other product that we use is a process called enhanced weathering and, and actually this is the one that I'm most excited about and we're just starting to scale it up now but we take a certain type of rock and it's quite an abundant rock we can get all over the, the, the world and we grind it up into a fine powder and, and this is replacing a natural rock weathering cycle so rock weathering removes between depending on the estimate between 10 and 500 million metric tons of CO2 from our atmosphere every year and the process is that um, as water falls through the atmosphere, it absorbs CO2, forms a weak acid that reacts with the rock and chemically stores the CO2 as carbonates. That will store the CO2 for anywhere between 100,000 years at a minimum and 200 million years at the other extreme. So this is absolute permanent removal of CO2. And so we're, we're now scaling this up. We're one of the, well, probably the leading company in the world to be, to be making this happen. Um, working with um, the likes of Stripe, a um, card processing company over in, in the US, who are helping to, to fund the research we're doing there, but also we're starting to now scale that up. And um, I, I think this has huge potential for removing CO2 cost effectively um, in, in, and relatively quickly. Yeah, that's, uh, that's such a solution that uh, we don't think often uh, about. We think uh, often about like how forests are like the lungs of the earth. But uh, I, I was a long time ago or like a few years ago, I, I read this study that uh, big mountain uh, ranges like Himalayas were like uh, big uh, lungs also for the planet because exactly the, the rock cycle and how like rocks breaking can like capture CO2 and and deposit for so much longer than the, the than other solutions and and to to take that and and make it happening not letting accelerating that it's it's such a bri brilliant idea and, and it's good that you are combining all the three different things to to add so it's not only it's i think that's the best like to to take all the knowledge that uh, we have on, on how we can fight climate change and, and try to find the best places to do it and, and that's a brilliant job that, that you are doing there. And to, to finish, I would, I would like to ask you, like you are um, an ecologist, you have uh, this, uh, this company, the, uh, the Future Forest Company and the Trees Notice uh, fighting for, um, for climate change and biodiversity. Uh, and you are an athlete too, so um, 
for me as an athlete, what are the best things I can do to to fight climate change or to preserve uh, the landscapes and the biodiversity? So um, look at your look at your carbon footprint. Understand your carbon footprint. Um, flying will be one of the worst things that we can do. And I know you've you've reduced your your flying dramatically. So have I. Um, and uh, the other area. So it's so transportation, your home heating, and diet. And um, when we talk about diet, it can be quite a, a polarizing topic. Um, Eating local is, is largely the key. What can you source locally? What can you source seasonally? Um, heating your, your home, it, it really, that's quite a difficult one because um, it's expensive to retrofit homes and to improve the way we heat homes. But things like heat pumps can make a massive difference. The, the coefficient of heating there can Im improve the efficiency of your heating threefold. Um, and transport, we, we all know that flying less, um, using transport that's running anyway so things like trains great way to travel um, obviously pandemic makes that somewhat more more difficult at the moment um, and and electrify everything you know from your car to you know where we can put solar panels we've got to stop burning that oil and gas and everything that that, that is a natural carbon store we've, we've just got to stop putting that into the atmosphere the quicker we can reduce those things the better so everybody can do that Oh, and equipment. I should say equipment, shouldn't I? The shiny new stuff, you know, just because it's got a new colour on the shoes, don't buy them. If you've got if you've got tread left, wear it out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the the best point. Like, use your gear. Like, uh, it's it's not to made to be in a yeah in the house. It's 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 made to be used and to be used for long until it's destroyed and then you can repair it. So that's a that's a good point. Yeah, so thank you very much, Jim. It's it's been a pleasure, and and it's always so inspiring to see all the work you are doing, and and for the folks like just check out the Future Forest Company and learn about these amazing different ways to to fight climate change and to fight like the the biodiversity loss, and it's uh, something that uh, all of us can can help. Brilliant. Thanks, Killian. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>